Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Taylor McCarg has Memphis and Charlotte this week. ESPN broadcaster joins us on 365 Sports. And one of the bigger stories today in the Big 12, other than the fact they're going to they're gonna have beach volleyball and lacrosse, by the way, for women's sports starting here pretty soon. Uh, Taylor, uh, Quinn Ewers is back. What were your thoughts about what you saw from Malik Murphy in his uh, a couple of weeks of trying to at least handle that position? Yeah, I thought two different aspects to this, right? The, the first for Quinn Ewers is uh, I thought, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I thought they would hold on to playing him for at least one more week. He must be clearly feeling well enough that they're going to run him out there to, to play him. But I also wonder um, how they feel about this game at TCU. Uh, I thought Malik Murphy did some nice things against BYU, but that was a team that they were so much better than that I'm not sure it really mattered. Um, what was concerning last week against Kansas State was the ball security as a, to the team as a whole, but specifically for Malik Murphy in the fourth quarter. And I think that's the piece that you have to be most concerned about if your text is going on the road to TCU. And then maybe even a, a bigger contest the following week in Ames against Iowa State. Um, Quinn Ewers gives you the best chance to win. There's no doubt. And he's healthy. And that for every head coach and for every staff, there is a line. And, you know, this week with, with Memphis, we're talking about it with Seth Hennigan, where he was banged up last week. He's day-to-day right now. Every quarterback that gets hurt, there is a line that you get down to where they're, you know, you fall into the territory of we are better off with our backup in the game than we are with our starter, even if they're at 80%. Um, I think this comes down to ball security issues last week versus Kansas State, and that Texas knows they're going to get TCU's absolute best effort next in this upcoming game in two days at Fort Worth. Um, this is a, a primetime game on ABC. They're, they're going to get everything from the Horn Frogs on Saturday night. Would you have done what Chris Kleiman did in overtime? No, I hated the call, to be honest. And I, I, I don't use that word lightly. I thought it, down the stretch, they Kansas State had the momentum. They felt like the team that uh, were, they were executing at a higher level. Texas had ended up on their heels. Usually, and I, a lot of times you see this with teams that are the underdog and they've, they've fought their way into an overtime or a last-second opportunity to go for two or go for it on a fourth down. And if you're the underdog, I love that call most of the time because if you, 
play out you know consistent snaps where you're the underdog eventually water is going to find its level and you're going to lose the team that you're not favored against but the way that Kansas State had played towards the end of that game I, I thought they were actually the better team and the, if, if that's a fourth and one or fourth and goal from the one or two maybe you feel differently but from the four yard line and, and the play design that they went with I thought it, it did a disservice to, the, to their kids I thought it really would have been better to kick the field goal try and put points on the board, score a touchdown coming out after that. And then you, you bank on your defense in the second half and play pretty well against Texas to get a stop. Yeah, and Texas just blew that up, that last play. They really did it, but it, it was like, I also say this, they would have had the ball first to start the second overtime and had momentum of moving the game into overtime despite what looked like really just kind of seemed like weird calls on even second and third and goal. Yeah, I completely agree. And and again, I go back to it would be different if Kansas State had built a huge lead and then it collapsed and now you're in overtime. It was the opposite. Texas had the huge lead. Kansas State climbs back. They get two second-half turnovers that flip the game on its head. You force overtime. You've got the momentum. The, the energy had been sucked out of that building. And Texas very fortunate to get out of there with a win. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, Look at the Vegas odds for who's projected to be in the playoff. Texas is right there. Um, so it doesn't matter how they got out of there with the win. They, they won the game, and it, it, you're playing meaningful games in the month of November. And you know, also for Texas, probably a benefit that uh, Oklahoma lost last week and that Oklahoma State, in most scenarios, that's who Texas would end up playing in the Big 12 championship. But uh, still a lot of football left to be played in the Big 12. There's there's some parity in the top third of the conference that I think has certainly surprised me, specifically with Oklahoma State. Who's the MVP of the Big 12 right now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's probably Bowman at, at Oklahoma State. Oh. That or, um, it, and, you know, I go back to a couple different things. Bowman at the start of the year not playing all that great. Um the, the last few weeks of the season, and I'm not sure if he got hurt against Alabama, South Alabama when they lost that game, um, but that was really surprising, uh, the way that they lost that game and the way that they've come back in the quarterback play and journeyman quarterback. I may be a little bit biased as a former quarterback, but I've been really impressed uh, with him as a player throughout the season. Uh, if it's not him uh, from the running back spot, obviously Ollie Gordon playing really well. That's a guy that uh, as the season's gone along, I mean, you've seen him get uh, Heisman nods in, in, in from some people. Um, but it, there's still so much football to be played and really meaningful games down the stretch. I mean, shoot, it may end up being Quinn Ewers if he comes back and plays well over the next three weeks, even though he's missed uh, a good chunk of the season. Uh, Taylor, the uh, the story, you know, in college football, unfortunately, it's not about Penn State playing Michigan. It's about what's around the Big Ten and about Michigan uh, we are pretty much tapped out. We've had to cover it. We will cover it, whatever the next, whatever might happen, if anything. How annoyed are you with the story itself overshadowing the season? Yeah, it's, I think we said the exact same thing last week, and I know I said it on Sirius Radio earlier this week, but um, it's exhausting. And I, it's a good, it's there a are, in some word, respects, yeah. there in some respects, this is, there's cheating involved. There's no doubt about it. But does it need to be at this level 
No, I don't think so. I, I, I told you guys a couple of weeks ago that there was clearly a line that had been crossed and I still stand by that. But what are we talking about? Is this big enough to suspend Jim Harbaugh the rest of the season and, and force Michigan to miss the postseason? I mean, those are some of the scenarios that are being thrown out. I don't think it goes that far because I don't think people realize just how much sign stealing already goes on in college football. And, and it's interesting that Michigan is at the forefront of this, but there's a reason that a lot of coaches have, have uh, not been real vocal on how they feel about this because it goes on, maybe not to this extent, but sign stealing has gone on as long as signs have been in existence. In my opinion, I do think, of course, there needs to be some sort of penalty, uh, but are, is it keeping Michigan out of the college football playoff? Is it suspending Jim Harbaugh in season? No, I, I don't think it's any of those things. Um, and I, I feel like <laughs> if you're a Big Ten fan and you're calling for uh, Jim Harbaugh to be suspended and, and these crazy punishments, well, of course you are because you they're in your conference. But I think everybody else in the college football world honestly just wants this story to go away. Yeah, I think that the, just the conversation needs to be for the Big Ten. Like, how do you write it in your rule book that they know here's the line? Because that's Michigan made a good point. It's like, look, um, whatever you say, like, there's a lot of different ways to interpret this, and you don't have any, you know, you you yourself have not written the rule that punishes. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and again, that we know that this happens. The evidence that Michigan turned around that they had they had knowledge that different staffs within the big 10 were sharing their signals. Now they were doing it in the old fashioned way, which every staff on the planet does the exact same thing. Hey, I've got a buddy that's on XYZ staff. You played them last week. I'm going to call you up. Tell me what you learned. Tell me what signals stood out to you. Okay. Now we're going to talk about that, about them as a staff. We're going to implement that during the week. We're going to know if they do this signal or they call out this, that means this. Every staff in the country does that. And if you're going to start policing all of the sign stealing, number one, I think it's impossible to do it. I think the easiest solution to all of this is just go with the green dot on the helmets for linebackers and quarterbacks that we see in the, in the NFL. Um, I, I only counter to that that I've heard that made sense. We had a conversation with a coach this year that said, that the reason the NFL does that is you've only got 53 guys on your roster. You're trying to limit a ton of snaps for those guys over the course of the season. And that's why you don't see a ton of tempo in the NFL, the green dot and having a mic in the quarterback's helmet would slow down tempo. And there's a lot of offenses and, and staff that they need that tempo to neutralize the defense and the, having the mic system slows it down. But, it may be taken away from them because I, I think we're probably trending in that direction just of how silly this sign stealing saga has been. Uh, uh, Taylor, we asked this question. Have you watched, we're going to, I'm going to do this with him too. Okay. Have you seen any of the movies involving John Wick, Denzel with the equalizer or Jason Bourne? Oh, I've seen the entire Bourne series. Love those movies. I saw the most recent John Wick, uh, which I'm not sure that that is, uh, that may not be my speed. And the Denzel movies, I don't think I've seen those. I got to be honest. Okay. Well, it's it's disqualified. Yeah. No, we're, we're trying to put together a a bracket and Smokey has a, you know, 
uh, a thing. I have a crush on Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, Denzel, I, I think he's just a but, cool as hell dude as a person. Really like oh, him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Man, Man on Fire is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. a huge Denzel guy. Uh, now, that he's a, a a bad A in, in that movie as well. Um, but the whatever series you're referring to, I can't remember what you the said. Equalizer. I have not seen those. No, the Equalizer. Well, that, yeah, he's a he's a he's unbelievable. You need to go. You, the homework assignment between now and Friday <laughs> is just go pick out one of the Equalizers. You'll understand. We're trying to find out the baddest man in the movie, so it's not fake. Yeah. Because Den- Denzel... You can't do Batman. I mean, like, yeah. that's a different thing. Yeah. Like, well, not, it's you know. not like the Terminator yeah. or anything like that with uh, all that stuff. Okay, we were going to ask you for that, but you have seen Jason Bourne then, right? Uh, is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. All yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah. He, he against John Wick would be a bloodbath. It would yeah. be... Uh, all right, Taylor, what do you think is going to happen at Texas A&M? Oh, man. <laughs> um... I think it would not surprise me if they moved on from Jimbo after this season because you're going to have to pay him that money regardless. That, that money is being spent no matter what. And you have – it's a mind-numbing figure, right, to talk about the amount of cash that they would have to – the check that they would have to write him for normal people in almost any profession, that is a mind-numbing amount of money. But the – the A&M network is vast. It is some very deep pockets. And I don't think there's a program in college football that wants to be relevant more than Texas A&M. And I, I don't think that's unfair to say. They want so badly to be part of the top cream of the crop, top 10 to 15 programs year in and year out. And this was, it's not working with, with Jimbo. Uh, they don't win big games. They don't look well coached. And, I think you probably, if you don't do it this year, I don't know what you've seen that would lead you to believe that it's going to be significantly different next year. Um, made some staff changes, brought in Bobby Petrino to call the offense, but it, it's still, from a philosophic standpoint, and how Jimbo operates his team and in-game management, um, it's not working. And so for what A&M hopes to be as a program where they're trying to knock on the door of the playoff and get into their first Final Four. And, and now even next year, when it goes to a 12-team playoff, they still wouldn't be in that scenario. And so, you know, the opportunity to be on a major stage, 12-team playoff, it's there. Uh, I, again, it's a long-winded way of me saying I don't – I would not be surprised if they moved on from him after this season and they wrote him the check for whatever the number is. I think it still has a seven in front of it. Yeah, this, it's large. <laughs> yeah, large. Thank you, man. Have a great broadcast with uh, Charlotte – And Memphis, thanks for your time today, Taylor, as always. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.